sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to our number two of a Monday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. That's the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Sports Grid Network, I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here on this Monday following the NCAA Tournament's Selection Sunday. We will continue to break down the bracket here in our number two with our advisor, the Sportsbook Conciliary, Dave Sherapan. Where are the best numbers across the entire bracket? Because it's not just filling out the bracket to beat your buddies or your coworkers or whatever it might be. It's finding profitability every step of the way in the big dance. We'll do that here in our number two. We'll check in on the NBA, some games on this Monday night to fill that void until the first four starts tomorrow in Dayton, Ohio. And although it is March Madness, it was a weekend of a lot of news and chaos in the National Football League as the offseason continues to churn. Before the selection Sunday reveal of the NCAA tournament, some big breaking news out of the National Football League. The Los Angeles Rams are trading Jalen Ramsey to the Miami Dolphins in a big blockbuster move for the Finns as they look to bolster their defensive side of the football. They now acquire Jalen Ramsey, who has been a pro bowler in six consecutive seasons. He was traded to Los Angeles midway through that 2019 campaign, so he spent the last three and a half years with L.A. in 2020 and 2021. Jalen Ramsey was a first-team All-Pro in the National Football League. He still had four INTs last year for L.A. He is still one of the best defensive backs in the National Football League. And what did L.A. get in return? a third-round draft pick and a tight end that cost caught less than five passes just a season ago. A huge acquisition for Miami. Now, we all hope that Tua Tungabailoa remains healthy entering his fifth year in the National Football League, or at least year number four. They did pick up his fifth-year option, that being the Dolphins franchise, just last week. So they are confident in Tua remaining healthy in being their starting quarterback. We know how good the offense can be. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, a ton of talent around Tua Tungavailoa with a head coach in Mike McDaniel that is brilliant on the offensive side of the football. But where the Finns were lacking last year was on the defensive side of that pigskin. It's been a fantastic offseason, though, for Miami to fill those issues. Last year, they ranked bottom 10 in scoring defense, bottom half of the league in total defense as well, giving up more than 342 yards per game. But who did Miami add this offseason? Not just Jalen Ramsey in that trade yesterday to bolster that secondary, but the overall defense is expected to be a ton better under one of the best defensive football minds in this sport for the better better part of the last two decades. The new defensive coordinator in South Beach is Vic Fangio, truly regarded as one of the best defensive minds in the National Football League in all of those circles, and now he is the D.C. 
for the Miami Dolphins. Their odds to win the AFC East actually growing a tad shorter yesterday in changing the overall outlook of this division, something a cornerback doesn't generally do, but a quarterback often does. Miami growing a couple of cents shorter, but the Buffalo Bills were even money, plus 100 to win this division, now plus 105. The Jets were plus 250 entering the weekend, 10 cents longer now at plus 260. A welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here, the second hour of the morning after live on this Monday. Sirius XM, Channel 1, 59 all of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the fold as well i am ben stevens it is march madness of course but a weekend of madness in this national football league offseason yesterday before the bracket was revealed at least in the nfl offseason some big news jalen ramsey traded by the la rams to the miami dolphins in exchange for just a third round pick and a tight end that caught less than five passes last year as well Miami is plus 350, the third best price in the AFC East. The Bills remain the favorites in the Jets because it is expected that Aaron Rodgers will be a New York Jet in the coming couple of days, has that second best price at plus 260. What about those LA Rams, though? They were a 5-12 and team last year in 2022. Those 12 losses, the most for a reigning Super Bowl champ in the history of of the National Football League. Yes, now a 17-game season, but still a dismal Super Bowl hangover. What is the outlook now for LA entering 2023? Well, the Rams have the second best price at plus 310 in the NFC West, but the San Francisco 49ers, the favorites, by the way, to win the NFC Championship overall, an odds-on favorite to win the NFC West Divisional Crown in 2023. On Friday evening, a news dump of all news dumps. The Carolina Panthers have moved up the board, traded with the Chicago Bears for the number one overall selection in the 2023 NFL Draft. We knew Chicago was shopping that pick. They got a King's Ransom in return. The number nine overall pick this year, a second round pick at 61st overall this year, another first rounder next year, and another second rounder in 2025, and a talented young wide receiver to pair with Justin Fields and DJ Moore. And because Carolina is now drafting number one overall, there is a thought in the marketplace. The Panthers are in love with C.J. Stroud the quarterback out of Ohio State, who now flips to the heavy odds-on favorite in front of Bryce Young, the QB from Alabama. Stroud now a minus 300 favorite to go number one overall. We touch in on the association. Some NBA breakdowns up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. March is a month of basketball yes in college hoops but certainly in the nba the stretch run of this nba regular season we are nearing ever closer to the playoffs in the association thank you for joining us here on this monday morning on the morning after on sports grid i am ben stevens this is the man from the sports grid news updates that would be john shames joining us live now on this monday on tma shamesy guy you sound great on those sports grid news updates i feel smarter get smarter on sports grid from listening to you thank you for joining us now live in person here on this monday on tma 
Happy to be here, Benny. A lot of John James over these past 12 to 13 minutes or so, but listen, we're going to ride it out. It's going to be a good time. I got to talk a little bit of NBA in the update, but let's dive into the nitty-gritty here. There's so much to break down, Benny. There is so much to break down. And James, you guy, you look around the league. The Milwaukee Bucks have the best record in the Eastern Conference, 48 and 19. How many games in total? 67. Out of this 82-game NBA regular season, 15 or so games left for most of the league here to end out what we will have before we get to the playoffs. Two teams that are focused on playoff positioning for sure. The New York Knicks out east. The LA Lakers trying to get a spot in the Western Conference play-in tournament. Last night, Shamesy Guy, in Los Angeles, the Knicks going on the road as a two-and-a-half-point, three-point underdog winning outright 112-108. A big win for the Knickerbockers, who had lost three straight. Entering that game, the Lakers had won three straight. That win streak comes to a close. Shamesy, as you look at the result last night in Los Angeles, what is your main takeaway? Well, the Lakers were were real close to getting back to the 500 mark despite being without LeBron James for these past seven games. D'Angelo Russell was a flamethrower last night. He dropped 31 points in the first three quarters of the game and was just knocking them down from three left and right. But only two points in that fourth quarter, and the Lakers can't get it done. They were right there, ready to take sole position of that 10 spot in the Western Conference, effectively getting that you know that play in berth almost secured here they're really in prime position to do so especially if lebron comes back but those Knicks said "Eh, eh, 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 eh." and even without jalen brunson it was two lefties stepping up in rj barrett and julius randall combining for 66 last night really wonderful for the Knicks right now and i will say this on the Knicks front at the moment here without jalen brunson in the mix you know julius randall has to play well and that's a given how we've seen him play throughout this season so far But for R.J. Barrett to do what he has been doing over these past five games or so, 24 and a half points per game, six rebounds per game. When Jalen Brunson is out, that's the guy who you need to step up and the guy who Knicks fans are really hoping for that future development as we kind of progress into, you know, towards the middle part of R.J. Barrett's career here. For him to step up and look like a legit number one, number one B alongside Julius Randle, massive for the Knicks, who are a very dangerous team as a five seed, even without home court advantage, a good road team at 24 and 14 this year. I'm watching out for the Knicks here as we get into the postseason. They have slid back a little bit in that Eastern Conference positioning, James. The guy 40 and 30, only 12 games less left for New York, a slightly worse win percentage than the Brooklyn Nets at the moment, but the Nets are 39 and 29. They've played two less games than New York in the Western Conference, James. It's been jumbled really all season long and certainly for those final two spots in the Western Conference play-in tournament. There is a four-way tie right now in the Western Conference. Four teams with a 33-35 and record, two games below 500. Utah, OKC, New Orleans, and these Los Angeles Lakers that in their last seven games without LeBron, a 4-3 and record and despite only 17 points and 16 boards from AD, they have been playing positive basketball shames as you evaluate it right now will the los angeles lakers earn a spot in the western conference play-in tournament i do think they will but i do think it is going to be one of the lower seeds in that western conference plan listen right now as it stands in the west for the lakers only two games back of the six-seeded uh, golden state warriors right now 35 and 33 are those warriors here 
But the Lakers sitting at 33 and 35, you're alongside the Utah Jazz, the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, the Dallas Mavericks are separated, uh, you know, separating the the six-seeded Warriors from the Lakers here. I think you got to bank on the household names to an extent. LeBron James is going to come back. I think we can anticipate at this point maybe a week or two based on that initial timeline. So they need to stay above water. You saw the record there, four and three for the Lakers in this stretch without LeBron James. If Anthony Davis continues to play at this level, and if D'Angelo Russell can sustain his shooting right now, especially from three, he's shooting about 50% from three in these past few games, and he Keep in mind, just missed some time with injury, too. So he's going to get worked back into the rotation and everything. I do think the Lakers prospect is a real one right now to make it into that Western Conference plan. And I will bang the same drum I've been banging since the Lakers made these trade deadline moves. They are dangerous in a potion. They have the talent, and they are definitely going to be the team that I watch for in that Western Conference play. And if and when they get there, they will be the most dangerous team in that position. James, you got when you look at their odds right now to win the West, the seventh best price at 24 to 1. We mentioned that four way tie of teams two games below 500. The Warriors in that sixth spot. The Clippers a half game in front of Golden State. The five through the 12 right now in the Western Conference, only two and a half games of separation. Now, the Denver Nuggets still hold a five game advantage for that top spot in the West, booked as the favorites to win the West, but they're on a three game skid despite. Another triple-double from the back-to-back NBA MVP. Nikola Jokic yesterday, albeit in a losing effort at home against the Brooklyn Nets, 35 points, 20 rebounds, 11 dimes. Philadelphia won a game yesterday against the Wizards. Joel Embiid, 34 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. And James, you see there on the bottom, the distinction a little bit closer now between Jokic and Embiid. Still, Nikola, a heavy odds-on favorite at minus 250 for the Joker to win his third consecutive NBA MVP. But, Shames, in your estimation, is the race to win that most valuable player in the NBA back on? You know, it's interesting, Ben, and this has kind of been something I've been keeping my eye on over these past couple of months. Whenever Nikola Jokic moved in to this odds-on price here, it almost feels like the narrative started to get driven even further in his direction from that. And as we look at these awards uh, markets here, you know, I think it is important to keep in mind that, yes, Vegas knows something, but they're also pushing out some type of narrative, too, by setting an odds-on favor. And when you kind of listen to the media circles around the NBA right now, it appears like there is a lot more conjecture about Joel Embiid being a real candidate in this market, uh, certainly a lot more so than the odds would say right now. I personally think Joel Embiid is very worthy of this award. I thought he was worthy of it last year as well. I don't think you went wrong naming Nikola Jokic the NBA MVP last season. But this season, I do think Embiid is really playing his best stretch of ball right now. And if the Philadelphia 76ers can climb up those standings, and you know, I don't know if that two seed is really within reach, but if they can really start to climb up that Eastern Conference uh, race and, and make some noise here, I don't see why Joel Embiid would not be live in this market, despite what the odds might say right now. Jamesy, some big games tonight in the NBA, including one between two Western Conference contenders, the Warriors hosting the Suns. Again, Phoenix without Kevin Durant, probably for a majority of the remainder of this regular season. Golden State at home, very good this year. The Dubs a four-and-a-half-point favorite against the Suns. Jamesy, do you consider both in the top tier of the Western Conference? 
I certainly consider Phoenix to be in the top tier of the Western Conference. I do want to put the Warriors in the mix there as well. Once again, another team that has just been there and done that. We can never write them off as a contender. But here's the fold for the Warriors right now that I think is really important. They need to get a high seed. And that's, I don't know if that's really within reach right now for the Golden State Warriors as they sit with that sixth record in the Western Conference right now. This team continues to be brutal on the road, Ben. And listen, in a seven-game playoff series, if you're not a high seed, you're playing four potential road playoff games. So I do worry about the Warriors' long-term outlook because of that. But, you know, Steph Curry can win you a random game here, a game there, and then all of a sudden you're back in the mix there. Phoenix, though, no worries about them. Golden State, I'm going to wait, and we'll see what happens here. You want to hear those velvety pipes? Stay attention to the Sports Grid News Update coming up at the top of the hour. More of the morning after next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after live right here on this Monday on SportsGrid. Sirius XM channel 159 and all across the SportsGrid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. We are one day away from the NCAA tournament officially beginning on a Tuesday night in Dayton, Ohio for the first four. So this Monday night, you're going to need some plays. You're going to need that prop perspective. And we provide that with FanDuel's Tom Vecchio live right here on TMA. Vecchio, thank you for joining us. We appreciate your time as always. I'm sure you'll dive into the bracket in the coming days, but on this Monday, we appreciate that prop perspective in the NBA on the hardwood and on the ice in the NHL as well. Yeah, thanks for having me. A couple days or just a day away until we get things started with March Madness. Uh, An interesting NBA slate tonight. There's a few injuries that I'm taking note of. We're missing some player props, but I'm ready to go. So let's start with a couple of games last night and maybe what they tell us about this stretch run in the NBA regular season. Vecchio, 12, 15 games left for a majority of the teams around the association. A big one in terms of playoff positioning last night in Los Angeles. The Knicks end a three-game skid by ending the Lakers' three-game win streak. 112-108, the Knicks going on the road and winning outright as an underdog last night in L.A. Vecchio, obviously motivation here with playoff positioning front and center, a huge component of the handicaps down the NBA stretch run. How does that play into how you evaluate games on a daily basis in the association? That's a huge factor. And, you know, when it comes to a team like the Knicks, we know what Tom Thibodeau likes to do, and that's just play heavy minutes or have his starters, you know, play heavy minutes, his core guys. Like, they're not running a very deep rotation. It's it's pretty tight, especially with Jalen Brunson out. We're seeing, like, heavy minutes, as he's been known to do when he was, uh, you know, the coach in Chicago. Like, they're out there starting. They're going to be playing plenty of minutes, which opens up a lot of opportunity for PRA bets, points bets, whatever it might be for those players. So, you know, motivation, coaching tendencies, a lot of these things come into play as we get to the later portion of the season. And it goes both ways for teams that are completely out of the playoffs. You know, you could be looking to do some unders for, for some of their starters if they're not going to be playing, you know, full minutes. They're going to be getting some bench players in there as they, you know, look towards the draft and look towards the lottery. So as we go here through the stretch run, Vecchio, as we look at some of the players from that prop perspective, Anthony Davis has had to take on a lion's share of the production 
without LeBron James. Only 17 from a points perspective last night. Did have 16 boards, but is playing really good basketball. As the Lakers have won four of seven as LeBron James is on the sideline with that foot injury. Are you starting to buy into the Lakers, making that run here to end out the regular season and earn a play-in tournament spot in the West? I am. And, you know, when it comes to the player prop perspective from the Lakers, you know, Anthony Davis, we know what we can do on offense, but I, I got to say, I think his rebounding prop is the best one out there because yeah, he can be a little bit ineffective sometimes, especially when he runs into a tougher defensive matchup as we saw last night, but the rebounding prop is, is generally pretty consistent for him. And, you know, LeBron's a, one of the best rebounders as he's been throughout his career. And I think Davis is stepping up to provide some of that size that they need so I actually like going to his rebounding prop ahead of the points prop um, on a nightly basis. And if you want to you know, pile that in with a, a points plus rebound prop or like whatever you can find some value, I think that's the way to go about things instead of strictly just points. Right now we focus on the seed line for the NCAA tournament, but also your seeding positioning within the conference standings in the NBA and what it could mean for the postseason. Currently, Vecchio, Milwaukee still the top team in the Eastern Conference, a one-and-a-half game advantage over the Boston Celtics. The Sacramento Kings still tied for second in the Western Conference right now, albeit five games back of Denver for that top spot out West. Tonight in Sacramento, Will that beam be lit high up into the sky? The Kings a two-point dog against the Milwaukee Bucks right now, with the Bucks being that slight road favorite. Vecchio, what's the approach for tonight in Sacramento? I absolutely love this game. It's got a massive over-under, you know, 243, 244, right around there. Both teams are in the top 11 in the league when it comes to offensive pace. Both teams can put up plenty of points. The Kings are still struggling a little bit on defense, which creates these fantastic game environments for really any prop that you like. And because the Tentacumpo is listed as questionable tonight, you know, missing some size out there provides a lot of opportunity for Domitus Sabonis. So I like him tonight. Over 31.5 points plus rebounds at sitting at minus 102. Uh, you know, some of these games that he's been putting up in recent outings as he's been doing really all season double doubles triple doubles we're looking at like you know 14 and 16 type of lines where he's getting right to that mark and because his game environment is so strong i think that's what should help push him over this 31 and a half mark it's a big look for demontis sabonis a big opportunity for the kings tonight to maybe prove to some of the detractors out there that hey we're a legit playoff team at this point so, Vecchio, that's their opportunity this evening in Sacramento. Do you believe in Sacramento? What do you make of their run here in the stretch run of this NBA regular season? I think they're going to continue to score. And, you know, I don't say about a month ago, I talked about them on another show. You know, to win the division, obviously those odds have changed a lot. And I, I think that young teams in a spot to continue to win are the teams to bet on because they still have a lot to prove where – you know, the Suns, they're focused on getting healthy, right? They don't need to push themselves in order to win the division. And, you know, they, they may not be pushing themselves every night out there, especially, you know, there's no Durant. They want to focus on getting healthy, get everyone on the same page in offense. The Kings still have a lot to prove. So I like betting on those young teams that are out there fighting for, you know, the first playoff worth. And was it 16 years for the Kings? So I think they have a ton of value moving forward, especially if they're still going to be somewhat underrated when it comes to the market overall. They have given you tons of profitability this year, already over their win total. They will be a playoff team. It just depends exactly what their seed line is and if they are hosting a Western Conference playoff series, which I believe they will. A three-game advantage for both Sacramento and Memphis, tied for that second spot right now in the Western Conference, ahead of the Phoenix Suns, who are in that four spot. Quickly here, Vecchio, speaking of the Memphis Grizzlies, of course, 
still playing without John Morant, but they have won two consecutive games. Memphis, actually a slight road favorite tonight in Dallas, laying a point and a half, maybe because of the absences on the other side. No Luka Doncic tonight for Dallas at the moment. Kyrie Irving is listed as questionable. Vecchio, when there's absences to the superstar players in a specific matchup, what does that mean for your approach in the prop market? Well, I immediately look to the differential in use, offensive usage for the players. And, you know, Desmond Bain is a player that jumps off the page for Memphis when John Morant is out. You know, Bain's a, a really solid and a, can be a really efficient three-point shooter, so he can get over some point totals pretty quickly. And when we see him taking a bit of a prominent offensive role, I think that's a spot I also I like to look. And also looking to Tyus Jones for points plus assist because he becomes the starting point guard when Morant is out. So, you know, kind of facilitating the offense, getting the ball down low to Jackson, you know, kicking it out to Bain on the wings the assist and points for Tasha Jones would be the spot that I would go speaking of those Western Conference potential playoff teams the four spot right now owned by the Phoenix Suns holding on to the sixth spot is the Golden State Warriors but good news Vecchio for the Dubs they're home tonight where they are 28 and 7 this year as opposed to a 7 and 26 record away from San Francisco accordingly Golden State a four and a half point favorite against Phoenix still playing without Kevin Durant when Golden State is at home Vecchio does that affect how you evaluate the Warriors in the prop market it can evaluate them from a positive perspective but I also think that you know opens up plenty of opportunity on the other side because if they're going to be more effective at scoring when they're at home that just means that we're in for higher pace games higher scoring games I mean no surprise the Warriors are number one in the league in offense pace and Phoenix Phoenix is sitting at 20th so I think that differential for opposing teams specifically tonight is what does provide a bit of upside for player props. I think Chris Paul's in a particularly good spot tonight with that, you know, pace differential, pace up spot. No Kevin Durant. He's taken a little bit of a step forward when it comes to points. And we know he's going to be piling up plenty of assists as he always does. I think Devin Booker's props are slightly inflated because of, yes, he's on a great recent stretch. Yes, there's no Kevin Durant. I think those are getting bet a lot. So I don't have a ton of interest in Booker props tonight because I think they're a little, a point, a point and a half too high, whatever it might be. But I still think Chris Paul has value with his points and with all those assists that he can rack up, like 14, 16 assists in some of these recent games. So over 25 and a half points plus assists for Chris Paul tonight. So as we look at the two superstars in tonight's game, or at least the two highest points props, it's Steph Curry and Devin Booker. Who do you think has a bigger night? If Chris Paul is doing the facilitating, is it D-Book? Or does Steph need to do a ton for this Golden State team that needs to stack up some wins here, Vecchio, to end out the regular season? That would be the latter of those. It'd be Curry-like. And as Curry goes, the Warrior, the Warriors go overall. And if he's not having big games like we are seeing, like, you know, the road record, as you can, as you've seen, like, if he doesn't score, they're not winning games when there's a little bit of inconsistency on defense, you know, for their team overall. So I'll take Curry time and time again. It's 28 and a half tonight, which, you know, you could tell me this line was 31 and I probably still have interest in it. So I think there's some value on 28 and a half going to the over on that. So that's the NBA for this Monday evening. Vecchio, we need some profitability to build up the bankroll before March Madness gets underway in just a few days. What else are we looking at on the ice tonight in the NHL? That would be going to the Colorado Avalanche and one of their best goal scorers or their best goal scorer this season, which would be Miko Ranton in goal. It's only sitting at plus one weight, and the line would indicate that they're in a particularly good spot because they are going up against the Montreal Canadiens. Over the last month, they're allowing 2.93 goals per 60 minutes in 5v5 situations, which is in the bottom 10 of the league. Ranton is on the top forward line, the top power play unit. He's a primary shooter for them, and he has just one goal over the last five games. So 
clearly a player that's due for a little bit of positive regression. Now, over this time, uh, Nathan McKinnon has been absolutely on fire. So I will say that over three and a half shots for Miko Rantanen is also very solid. That's sitting about plus 140. Mm. His shot volume is good as of late. It's not great because we've seen uh, Nathan McKinnon so good. So I still have interest at over three and a half shots because the match is so good. But ultimately, the goal is my favorite prop. That prop perspective for this Monday evening, none better than FanDuel's Tom Vecchio going all around the landscape on this Monday night. Vecchio, as always, we appreciate your prop perspective and we appreciate your time here on the morning after. Thanks, and we'll be at MLB season soon. Very, very soon. Home run prop king, that is Tom Vecchio. Vecchio, stay tuned to the morning after after this. We're back to our bracket breakdowns on the other side of the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back to the bracket. Live right here on the Monday following the NCAA Tournament Selection Sunday. Right here on the morning after, live on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. That is the home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM. And all across the Spiz Grizz Network, that's SportsGrid. I am Ben Stevens. In this time of madness, in the chaos that is about to intensify in college basketball, you need somebody to steer the ship. You need advice when it comes to the odds. So who do we call on? Our conciliary, that means advisor. He's the sportsbook conciliary, Dave Sherapan. Dave, thank you for joining us here on this Monday morning, following a national holiday that is Selection Sunday. On Monday last week, we were breaking down your Penn State Nittany Lions in a 16-point comeback against the Maryland Terrapins to what felt like solidified Penn State's NCAA tournament birth that is the case they are a 10 yeah. seed but they draw a very dangerous seven seed in Texas yeah. A&M regardless share pan the vibes are high here on this Monday on the morning after the vibes are high it's it, it's great to see you um the boys are all here everything's happening uh March Madness is is crazy but Benjamin I gotta be honest I'm concerned with um you know the uh the NIT this basketball classic this other things there's other basketball going on um that you got to come up with numbers for i mean we're not going to talk about that today but so many things going on in the book uh light the beam and and the sacramento kings are are, are, right are coming up in the western conference there's this world baseball classic thing that i can't stop watching yet i don't know the rules and and there's run rules and all kind of other things so yeah it's it's a monday morning and it is a national holiday you and coach did an unbelievable job last night did you sleep in the studio i should have i was amped up i didn't fall asleep until like 2 30 a.m last night and it was a tough wake up on this monday morning but it was a great show it is an honor to be a part of our selection sunday special 
You know that's what I love to do, Dave, more than anything. React yes. to how the bracket is unveiled and where those best bets are in the round of 64 in the opening weekend mm. of the big dance and which teams might make a Cinderella run pulling off some upsets. That's what we will focus on here on this Monday, despite the WBC or the CBI or the NIT or what is happening in the Western <laughs> Conference in the NBA regular season as well. Although I will mention, I got a Sacramento Kings 100-1 to ticket just a few weeks ago when we were in Phoenix for Super Bowl 57 to win the Western Conference. Sacramento now 29-1. to But we'll get to that and the team on your lid another time, Sherapan. We must focus on the big dance here in 2023. You have been in the risk room for many a year on Selection Sunday. As the bracket is unveiled, going region by region, what does the environment in the risk room look like to get the lines up for games as quickly as possible, to set the odds for a national title winner? How does the risk room react to the bracket being unveiled? I wish I could say that it was some fun, big, exciting thing, but it's really not. It's just another day. You got to get the games up because you only got three days, maybe, you know, three and a half days to take bets on them. So two schools of thought, let's get them up quick. Um, you know, just go straight power ratings and neutral sites and let's go. Um, or you wait until the dust settles a little bit and you, you take your time and slowly, meticulously think about the number or have a little bit of an argument back and forth and then put it up, um, the totals are the scariest part. The totals are the ones that you know you're going to put up numbers that are going to be misses. You're going you're, you're gonna to mm-hmm. shoot a couple air balls, and they're going to move them, and you're going to take bets and, and go, boy, uh, who, who came up with 152 when this thing closed 146? And then, you know, you get the pat on the back on Thursday or Friday when a game finishes 143 and every closing number beat, you know, wins as well. So um, it's fun. It's fun. For, for some guys, though, it literally and figuratively is just another day. And yep. you got to do so much prep work to get ready for Vegas and what entails that um, parties, VIPs, people trying to set up accounts. People, if you're coming to Vegas, just in general, if you're going to, to sports books there, back east, New York, New Jersey, wherever you're listening, go set up your account on Monday or Tuesday, ideally, or Wednesday. Don't do it on Thursday. There's basketball to be taken care of on Thursday and bets to be made. First to 15, all kinds of fun stuff uh, that awaits on Thursday. Don't worry about going to the account and loading up the account on Thursday. Do everything. A little prep work is, needs to be done here, Ben. Today, that needs to happen. Today is the off day before the NCAA tournament begins with the first four in Dayton, Ohio, tomorrow and Wednesday. The round of 64 starts on Thursday, the two greatest days in the sports calendar. The round of 64, Thursday and Friday of the NCAA tournament. And Sherpan, when you talk about betting handle, only behind the Super Bowl, that's where March Madness is with a long duration of three weeks. With the opening weekend, the round of 16 and the Elite Eight, of course, and into a national championship and Final Four weekend to start off April as well. Dave, as we look 
at what the odds say for the teams on the one line. Houston is the pre-tournament favorite to win a national title at 5-1. to one. The narratives will be with the Cougs trying to get back to Houston where the yeah. Final Four is set to be played this year. Alabama is the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament, yet the second best price at 8 to one. Then Kansas, the defending national champs, plus 1,000, plus 1,200 for Purdue, the fourth in final of those teams on the one line. Sherpin, how do you evaluate the odds for the teams that are the number one seeds in the big dance? Well, I mean, you've been taking bets on Houston all along up to this point, and they're in a conference that warrants them being up there because uh, you knew they were going to be a one seed. There's no real surprises of those one seeds right there. And I think, I mean, I'm not saying you're too late if you bet them now, but betting them pre-bracket coming out was probably a better move, all except for Purdue. And listen, you're a Big Ten guy. I'm a Big Ten guy. Purdue won the Big mm. Ten championship, although they yep. almost lost it at the end to Penn State. I'm still not mad about it at all. I'm happy with Penn State's run. But, man, that was close. We almost got there. That would have been fun. And he gave us a 10 seed. I'm not mad about that either. I, I, and threw us against Texas saying I'm, I'm not. I'm really. I'm sorry. I'm not mad. I am a little bit mad. But yeah. betting the the betting the futures now, you should probably be looking at somebody a little bit longer than, these, than, than the chalk. You're better off yeah. just rolling over, playing a money line bet, and betting the chalk six times and getting to the championship like that's a six game parlay i don't know many six game parlays that pay plus 550 or plus 600 whatever those odds are all right it's i mean there's two gimmies but then there's four games that are tough supposed to be two gimmies i don't even know if produces second game is a gimme they gotta have to play most likely memphis i mean this could be it for the big 10 and the number one seed this is that this right, is sure. not right what they're doing to the big 10 benjamin it's not I mean, the East region is very up in the air. Memphis has won oh. 14 of 17, including the AAC tournament title on their way in. FAU, a 31-win basketball team. Purdue has their work cut out for them. That is always going to be the case in the big dance. Sheriff Penn, I will say, as you look at the one line, yes, it is a month of madness, but Chalk often wins the day, at least standing at the end of the NCAA tournament. The last five national champions have all been a one seed. Eight of the last 10 have been a one seed. Since the tournament field expanded to 64 in 1985, 33 of 37 national title winners have been a one, two, or three seed. 92 of the available 148 spots in a Final Four in that 37-year span since tournament expansion in 1985 have gone to a one or a two seed. Not all one seeds make the Final Four. That has only happened once in 2008, but some chalk getting to the end is a big way of looking at it. Sherpan, you mentioned the idea of the six-game parlay. That is winning a national championship here in a tournament bracket. So do you think the overall betting public, Dave, looks more at the national championship odds, that future price of a team left standing to cut down the nets in early April, or are they diving through on a game-by-game -game basis? It's the idea of bracket versus individual bets. Sherpan, what do you think takes most of the public attention? Oh, it's definitely... Um... 
I mean, the individual games, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the first weekend, those are four Super Bowls handle days. Those yeah. literally Thursdays, one Super Bowl, Friday's another. Most of the time, the chalk does their does their job on Thursday and Friday, which gives them some ammunition for the weekend, and uh, and it's a lot of fun. But the, the national championship odds are, are, you know, and the boys did a great job with the graphic. You see some really, I think, some value teams in Gonzaga, Arizona, mm. Texas, Marquette, any one of those could get to the Final Four, which would leave you live uh, going to the second weekend and even to the, to the third weekend. But there's odds now to make the Final Four. That's, yeah. that's a good market to, to dive into for a lot of people. So you don't have – I mean, there's one winner. You don't have to do that that market. There's only one winner of the whole thing. I just think you got to get at least – I mean, at least – 10 or 12 to one to start to have the discussion to really get the value out of it that you really need. Yeah. I would agree, Dave. It's a really, really good point because it is blending those two ideas, the individual game-by-game -game matchup. Even when you have a team like Gonzaga, who's a 15-and-a-half point favorite in their opening round of 64 contest oh. against Grand Canyon, you could look at that game money line and money line and money line and money line, and that's what you need to reach the final four. It's a four-game parlay. To win a national title, it's a six-game parlay. Right. Dave, we did see some movement in a pretty substantial way for a few teams before the tournament to what it looked like after yep. the bracket was revealed. Is that because of their path to a national championship or the betting handle we have seen already? A little bit of both. Um, I think a couple of those... I'm surprised by um, as far as like Virginia. Did, hmm. did you watch any of the ACC tournament? Did you watch any of the ACC during the season? I wouldn't have been moving that one down. I'd have been moving that one up actually after yeah. the bracket came out. Uh, the Kansas State movement makes a lot of sense. The St. Mary's movement makes a lot of sense. Those are path related as well as people seeing the path and probably, you know, some rhombuses and some parallelograms taking their shot, which again, Sunday night and Monday morning might as well be a geometry lesson in the book because all the sharps, the squares, the rhombuses, the parallelograms, even the circles as sharp as a marble want to take their shot at, at those opening numbers. It's, it's, uh, it's a little bit of both to answer your question. All four of those teams that have positive movement, their number growing shorter to win the entire big dance – in my estimation, Dave, have a very difficult opening round matchup. But maybe right. if they can win in the round of 64, it starts the momentum in the month yeah. of March. Dave Sherapan, we will continue to need your advice throughout this entire month. You are our sportsbook conciliary for a, region, for a reason. Thank you very much for joining us here on this Monday. Light the beam, boys, tonight. And uh, hats will be made on their way. You too, Frieza. Well, look at the West region in the NCAA tournament next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We close out our two hours together here live on this Monday following Selection Sunday 
on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All across the Spiz Grizz Network, that is Sports Grid. I am Ben Stevens. Thank you for joining us here live on this Monday to start off your new week, a week in the month of March that will be filled with college basketball. There are no NCAA tournament games on this Monday, but starting tomorrow, it's the first four in Dayton, Ohio. First four games on Wednesday in Dayton as well. And then the two greatest days, the two-day stretch run in the NCAA tournament in the round of 64 that you will find. But before we get there, allow us to take this opportunity to look big picture to try to find you future value prices in the 2023 big dance so before we say farewell and before we say goodbye it's time for an ncaa tournament final four best bet it is time for bye 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 there is a team lurking in the west region that unlike the past two or three seasons doesn't have a ton of notoriety right now the gonzaga bulldog Gonzaga, a team that has been on the upper echelon of college basketball for the last few seasons, an elite team entering the NCAA tournament each of the last two years. This year's a three seed in the West, maybe not all that much expected of the Zags, but I think the bracket works out very well for Gonzaga. I have the Bulldogs in my final four with a four to one number. Now, the West is loaded. The reigning national champs, Kansas, the one seed. UCLA, albeit with some injury concerns, the two seed. UConn is the four seed, but I think the bracket works out for Gonzaga. There is an idea the Bulldogs have failed to reach the mountaintop in college basketball. Never a national title winner, but have reached the Sweet 16 in seven consecutive NCAA tournaments. That does it for a Monday, live on the morning after. We'll be back tomorrow on a Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern.